Welcome to The Dip, the podcast where we discuss our all-time favorite theme park experiences and ask, which attractions would we want to keep us company if we were stranded on a deserted island? Each episode, we invite a new guest onto the show to share the story of their favorite attractions and how it has shaped their relationship with theme parks. We'll delve into theme parks' emotional and personal significance for our guests. Join us as we journey through the deeply personal connections our guests have formed with the hobby and the impact it's had on their lives. I'm delighted to welcome today's guest to the DIP podcast, 3D generalist, video editor, and sometimes vlogger, Isaac. Thanks for having me. Once again, I'll say we've known each other for a few years. We've visited many parts together, but I really can't guess how your island's going to look. It's going to be crackers. I can't know what else to say. For any new listeners, I'll do a little explanation. We have four sections we'll use to get to know you. The first section, Hyper. This is where we start building the island and we find out a little bit more about your preferences. We move on to Giga. This is where we travel back a little to dive into your history. We then have the strata section. Here we do the deepest dive into your relationships with theme parks. And of course, we have to end with a nighttime spectacular. So let's start things off with Hyper and let's start building your island. Section one, Hyper. We're going to go easy to start with. What roller coaster would you like on your island? See, I've been going back and forth for this uh, and I'm just thinking it has to be my number one coaster, which is uh, Iron Guazi. I think I've got to have something that's going to be relentless. It's going to knock my socks off as soon as I get out of bed, roll up into the Iron Guazi queue. And I'll get on it for the start of the day. Um, but also, honorable mention, I was, I was thinking maybe Fury as well, the, uh, the coast where you can vote backwards or forwards. I think having that on your island could switch things up a little bit. You could maybe go backwards in the morning, go forwards in the in the evening. I think that'd be pretty cool. Because Iron Glass is quite an intense ride to to be riding every day. Yeah, um, it's it's very intense, but I feel like I could I could handle it every single day. Um, when I went last to Bush Gardens, I think I got like five or six rides in a row. And it's it's one of those where it kind of takes everything so quick that it doesn't really phase you. I mean, I'm I'm definitely one for being nauseous on rides i don't have a great history of that i think we remember your video from riding the smiler all day yeah that was uh that was a rough video i think that is one of the points in my life where i am the most down bad um if you if you, if you watch the video it's on jack's channel where i'm i'm having my meal deal midway through the day and it's this chicken wrap and i'm having some orange juice as well um and that is just getting it's getting curdled in my stomach literally every single ride um, yeah, not, not, not the best time. So I think you're going to have to, if you do have Iron Glazy on your island, you're going to have to limit yourself to only a couple of rides a day. Yeah, I think maximum five rides a day. I have to spread them out a few hours in between. And what, what is it about Gwazi that makes it your number one? Is it, do you, is it the airtime? Is it the, the hang time? I haven't rode myself, so I don't know too much about the layout. It's it's a bit of everything, really. Um, I think the speed that it takes every single inversion, um, the first drop you get in absolutely ridiculous hang time. Um, yeah, it's, it's just I feel like it's it's paced really well. Um, you kind of you kind of get on the first drop, go into this insane twisted airtime hill, um, do a couple of the classic wave turns that are on RMC's coasters, 
and you go into this element, which is my favorite element, I think, on any coaster. I think it's even better than Velocicoasters, um, Mosasaurus, but it's called the Death Roll. And it's where you kind of rise up and it's, you kind of corkscrew downwards. Um, it's kind of similar to how some of the other RMCs, I think. Have you been on any that corkscrew downwards at the start? I don't know. Oh. I'm terrible at remembering elements. Yeah, there's, I've done, there's a few in the US, uh, maybe on your road trip. I'm not yeah, sure. I've done, obviously I've done Steel Vengeance. Yeah. I don't know if that has one. Nah. No. Uh, Twisted Timber? No. That actually yeah. might have one. Who can't, knows? Anyway. I honestly can't remember. Um, but yeah, that, that inversion is just, it's absolutely bonkers and it's insane every single time. Did, did you ever get the chance to ride the old Guazi? Sadly not. Um, but I did hear that original Guazi was very rough maybe a little bit janky so maybe it's a good thing i didn't ride the original because it could have really tainted what i think of it now cool i think that's a, that's a good one to lock into your island yeah so now we need to learn a little bit more about isaac would you like to select a card yeah go on let me just grab one so what's a core memory you have core cool memory that's a very good question um okay you're gonna you might judge me for this but um a core memory that I have is two years ago, maybe it was two years ago now. Um, it was me, Jack, Kieran, and Deves. Um, we went on something with the Benelux trip. And I don't know why this memory stuck with me, but it was the, the drive over to the Netherlands from the UK. It was the Platinum Jubilee. Um, so we obviously left the country. And um, it was, the sun was shining. We were on this Dutch motorway. Um, and it was just before we were going to go to all these parks in a row. And it was the anticipation of how much I was going to do in the next four days that really stuck with me. And I just remember thinking at that time, like, this is, this is it. This is the life I want to be living. I want to be going to different parks, my friends abroad, um, and just having the best time. It did help that that holiday was, and still is, my all-time favorite holiday. Still beats out any time I go to Florida. Um, yeah, it was, it was insane. And was that kind of the first time you were doing that kind of without the family abroad trip, multiple parts, all planned yourself, all in your own hands. Yeah, yeah, it actually was. Um, kind of the times before I'd done it with like, my brother, or I've been there with my family, kind of to Florida, uh, usual stuff. Um, so yeah, we we kind of had full control of the holiday. We weren't getting a plane or anything. It was all very decided by us. We kind of do what we do, and we just had so much freedom in the trip. Like we went to uh, the um. The Atomium as well on that trip. Very big highlight. That's cool. I, I was there last week. <laughs> <laughs> such a cool place. I want to go there when I actually get to go inside the, uh, the little atoms. It looks so sick. Cool. So back to the island. It can't be rides every day. You're going to need a film to watch while stranded. What films had a big impact on your life and what's the significance? That's another very good question. Um... I think it's got to be Treasure Planet. I, I guessed. Yeah, this Disney animated film, um, often not very known and overlooked. I want to say underrated, um, just for the fact it was during Disney's uh, kind of dark era where it was almost taken over. Um, but yeah, that, that film is so perfect animated. The soundtrack's insane. Um, and it's just, it's a real emotional story of, uh, of Jim Hawkins kind of going through life um kind of he has his first event adventure away from his family um and he's kind of finding out what what the world's really like in the space sense um 
and yeah, it's 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 a yearly watch for me, um, and it never fails to put a smile on my face. And was it something you watched as a kid, or you picked up as an adult? Yeah, I originally watched it as a kid. Um, not really when it came out; we had it on DVD. But ever since we had, I watched it over and over again. I must have watched it about twenty times now. It's crazy. And how would you feel if Disney carried on their trend of live actions and decided to do a live action version? I would be very, very scared because that I hold that film so, so dear to my heart. And whenever they even acknowledge the existence of it, I get a little bit excited because it means they they're not pushing it to the side. Um, they they feature it in the Wondrous Journeys Nighttime Spectacular at Disneyland California. They featured it in some disney cruise content that i've seen before um i think every now and then they have a character meet somewhere very rare yeah you get a, a meet pop up every on a, normally on like an event night yeah that, that that meet and greet is my dream but it's one of those ones that's so rare that who knows we'll ever catch it but yeah i think i'd never want them to to touch it with live action unless they were definitely sure they could execute it well and they had a good uh casting role for jim I'm going to be cheeky here and add another question that I haven't asked anyone else yet, but I'm asking it because we've played Call of Duty together online quite a lot. Too many times. You've, you've saved the day when me and Bobby are constantly dying. Um, so what video game would you want on your island to play? Before that, you also failed to mention the amount of times I've, um, I've driven us to our, to our death in what we like to call Big Bertha, which is just this massive truck where... Bobby and uh, Bobby and James will be looting some houses. I'll be beeping the horn like there's no tomorrow trying to get the boys in and just luring everyone everyone to us. But um, a game on the island. So as much as I'd love to want and want to put in maybe Warzone or maybe OG Fortnite, um, I'm not sure the island's going to have the best internet connection and I'm not sure it's going to be that fun to keep playing those games. So um, I think it's got to be Rollercoaster Tycoon too. Um, which is a game I spent a lot of time playing when I was growing up and was kind of how I found out about a lot of the bigger coasters in the world. Um, they have the original X on there with the, uh, the the pink and yellow color scheme, which sadly I've never got to see. I've only seen X2. Um, but I think a lot of people would enjoy playing that on the island. Yeah, I think similarly it was what got me even more into coasters and theme parks was roller coaster tycoon you didn't have to like coasters and parks to enjoy playing the game but obviously it helped um still i'll agree with you number two is the best of the bunch i can't play planet coaster yeah i try i install it i spend half hour i uninstall it and i just do that in a loop yeah number number two is the best there's some stuff you got on number two that you just can't do on rct3 or, or one or even planet coaster for that matter like can you send a shot tower literally off its rails on planet coaster i don't think you can you can do it on rct2 though that's good and yeah you're a good good choice in an offline game so yeah no yeah. worry about connection yeah the, the, the ping on this island could be pretty brutal i don't know what i'm getting into so we're going to move on to the giga section now section two giga so we need to go back in time a little bit what is your first theme park memory my very first theme park memory that I can recall in my head is um, going to Creeley Adventure Park. I'm not not sure if you've heard of it, and I'm not sure if 
a lot of other people would have heard of it, but it's this little um, park in Cornwall, I want to say. Maybe. I think so. Yeah, Cause yeah. So yeah, because it, so, yeah, it's... I think Claire mentions Creeley, so it must be over that way. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's very down south. Um, but yeah, it's this it's little adventure park. It has a few roller coasters here and there, and it's the first theme park that I went to when I was growing up as a kid, and the ones my parents took me to. Um, and it has this little Vacoma mine train um, standard layout. It's copy and pasted all around the world. Um, and it was called Maximus. And that was my very first roller coaster I went on. Um, and I just remember being absolutely terrified of the first drop and the overbank that it does over the station. Um, and I remember for years refusing to go on it. Um, so I was absolutely terrified of roller coasters in the beginning. Um, and then one day, finally took took the plunge and never looked back i think that's that's a theme of people i've been speaking to is it's always the initial i'm really scared of everything yeah. no no one i don't think anyone said yet loved them from day one yeah it's, it's always intimidating to to look at a roller coaster the first time and say yeah that's something i want to put myself through and did it become like a a yearly thing you do with a family was it one off special did you ever as a kid, were you a, ever a Merlin pass holder or anything like that? So Creeley was more of a, a yearly thing, I'd say, just because it was kind of one that was, it was relatively near us, but it wasn't near that we could go multiple, multiple times. Um, and the Merlin parks being from from where I am, really down, far down south, um, they're never really an option. So we'd go to Thorpe Park or Chessington maybe once every two years. Um, so yeah, we, we were never... Merlin pass or anything like that. I was I was sat there riding Maximus over and over again. And what what would have been your first big coaster? Were you the class of the big coaster? So I'm fairly sure, and I I can't really remember too well, but I'm 99 sure Stealth was my first really big coaster. Um, That's quite a big jump from Maximus. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's when we went to Thorpe Park, um, and there was one time where my brother was. 1.4 meters so you could go on all the big rides but i was only 1.3 um so i kind of had to sit out while he'd go on stealth colossus inferno um and i was just tall enough for rush so i did rush one day at thought park like 13 times um so yeah i had to kind of wait but i think seeing him go on them kind of reduced my fear um just glad seeing him kind of go through the process going on it and coming off again unharmed um so yeah that, that definitely helped so we're going to go back to the island now. Nice. We need a dark ride for the island. What's the one dark ride you'd want to ride again and again? So I think this is a common answer, but I've, I've got to go with it. I'm going to have to to hop in the scoop and go on the amazing adventures of Spider-Man. That's a good choice. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible ride. Um, and the reason I pick it is because the first time I went on it, um, it was just a universal trip for my family. I actually didn't really know much about Universal at that point. Um, and I just went on the ride because it's Spider-Man. It's superhero themed. It must be good. Um, so there I am. I'm on it. I'm, I'm in the scoop. Um, and the one bit that kind of just made my entire jaw drop was the fireball um, being thrown. And actually physically seeing the fire come out on that ride was just insane. It's, it's such a well done dark ride. It's so immersive and it's, it's in my eyes, it's flawless. And I think you've probably got the same 
thing as me where you're used to kind of end of the pier UK dark rides, ghost trains, and then mine wasn't Spider Man, but my first big Universal ride randomly was Transformers. Oh. So the same the same setup, and my mind was blown by what was happening because, like I say, I was used to. I mean, the most the craziest dark ride before that would have been something like Hex yeah. or Toyland Tours. Yeah. Which probably before your time. Yes, way before my time. But um, a lot of the uh, so that, like stuff at like Creedy, there was no such thing as a dark ride. That was more of a farm slash theme park because it had a few roller coasters. So even just getting on anything like that was just I didn't have a foundation to even grasp how crazy a ride it was. Um, and it was only from going on stuff like Hex I could then realize that wow, this ride is is really something special. And I didn't, obviously I loved Spider-Man the ride, but I didn't give it as much respect as I should have. And until literally September this year, back to Orlando, I rode it again and it then hits you how good that ride is. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that you forget every year how good it is until you go back to it. And I think the same can be said about Transformers. I know it might not be a, a very popular opinion, but I think Transformers is just as good as Spider-Man. Um I know a lot a lot of people don't like it when I drag them on the ride saying, oh, why, why are we doing this again? Why couldn't it go on Spider-Man? But there's something nice about, about going on the Transformers ride. Seeing Optimus, seeing Megatron. It's just non-stop as well. It's, yeah. It's non-stop yeah, it's, stuff a, going on. There's a lot of action in it. I, I think I, I, Transformers is a more rough, action-packed ride than Spider-Man. Um, it's just a little bit less immersive in the fact that it's all just shooting lots of guns and just going really fast. And there's never a queue for Spider-Man either, which is a plus. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Those two rides are insanely high capacity, so you're always just going round and round on them. Cool. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper now. Can you select your next card? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it's a similar question to your first question. Yep. But what's a memory that you never want to let go of? A memory to never let go of. I think for this, we have to travel to Florida. Um, it was kind of the first big family holiday that my family took there. Um, it was back in 2016. So going, going back a little bit uh, from today. Um, but we had uh, these dining reservations for, it was Be Our Guest. And it was also the one in the castle. I don't know what that one is actually called. Oh, um, Cinderella's Royal Table? Something like that, yeah. Um, but being at the Magic Kingdom and eating in these two wonderful locations um it's something i hold really near and dear to my heart um just for the fact that i got to see my entire family like super super happy and immersed in the most magical place on earth um seeing my sisters get attention from like from the beast from Belle, from all the different princesses in in the in the royal castle it was something really special um and they even got me involved in something so it was it was something that I think it was really, really nice. Um, obviously, probably really expensive, um, but it was it was on a family holiday, so I was excluded. And how was the food? The food, to be fair, I actually don't remember the food aspect very much, just because um, it's very well known. My food palate is uh, it's kind of beige, um, and I'm not very adventurous with my food. It's very similar to mine. We both eat like American toddlers. Yeah, which is it's fine when you go to America and everything is is chicken tenders and chips. Um, 
I think the most adventurous I could probably get is Captain Jack's at DLP. And even that could be a stretch. So when was that part of a, I guess it's part of a much bigger trip that first time you went? Was it your first time in Orlando? Yeah, it was. Um, and there's so many aspects of that trip that I find insane to this day. Um, Cause it was the one time we went to Universal uh, having not really even looked at any of the, the theme parks around there. Um, and we just, we stepped into Islands of Adventure and just randomly stumbled across Dragon Challenge, which looking back now, I'm extremely happy I got to go on. Um, but yeah, we, we were just walking around, saw these two massive coasters that looked like Nemesis. And I thought, oh, it looks like it'll be a good bit of fun. Um, so yeah, just, just randomly went on them. Um, you know, there was a, it was a really, really nice trip. Um, that I'll always be thankful for. And I think it's part of what people from outside of the UK don't quite get when, when they're talking about the Orlando parks and how many days you spend at each one. If the majority of UK families doing their holiday, you don't treat it as all separate parks. Like the standard package deal is. 14 day Disney ticket, 14 day universal ticket, and maybe you add on SeaWorld and Bush, but it's kind of treated as one big park. Yeah. Um, so I imagine the first time walking into that 2016, so you'd have been quite young. Yeah, it, uh, it was, it was quite young. While I was still kind of old enough to tall enough to go on all the, the big rides. Um, and just kind of appreciate all the different parts of Disney. Cause I, I genuinely thought, when I went on that trip, the Magic Kingdom, um, I thought Tomorrowland was a completely different park. I genuinely, when I was looking it up, I was like, I do not understand any of this. Because it was a uh, kind of, that was before I would really consider myself an enthusiast, I want to say. That's cool. And then you've been going back almost every year since. Yeah, yeah. Once, once you go once, I think you're, you're hooked, especially with Halloween Horror Nights. So your island needs a soundtrack. What's an album that's had a massive impact on you? That's an interesting question. So you got to have a soundtrack for the island. Yeah, so it's got to be something you're willing to listen to every day. Every day, over and over again. So it's got to have a lot of songs. It's got to be no skip. I think I'm going to go with the Across the Spider-Verse soundtrack uh, to go with the uh, the Spider-Man ride. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite films. It actually would have been probably the runner-up to what film I would have uh, in my island or I'd have as my favorite um, it's it's a, an album that has a lot of calm songs so it's not going to be too uh, what's the word for it it's not going to be too aggressive yeah and it's I'm not I'm not going to be wanting to, to to run about all the time but it's also got those songs which are going to amp you up when you need it um, so yeah and it also it goes so well with the film um it's yeah, it's incredible. So is that the that's the first Spider Verse film? Uh the second. The second. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the one with Sunflower. No. Although that is a very good song, and I would love to have that on the island as well. So that, the second one, that's Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin. It's got Annihilate, which is the kind of the, the, the song you'd use when you're running, um, gets you moving. It's also got Giving Up, which is a more chilled out, chilled out song that you can kind of use to lay back. Um, yeah, it's so good. And do you think um, the the soundtrack makes the film much better? Would you have, if if the, let me word that a different way, if the 
out if Metro Boomin released that album and it wasn't linked to Spider Man, do you think it'd have the same impact on you? I think it would, but I also think it being attached to the film enhances it for me. Um, just having those songs play in the background of what I want to say is my one of my all time favorite movie experiences going to see uh, across the Spider Verse on opening night. It really does make it that much more special to me. That sounds good to me. So, we're going to move into the strata section now. Nice. Section three, strata. So, back to thinking about your history. Um, obviously, I met you the same time I've met a lot of the guests on this show. Yeah. Um, for a mutual friend, Bobby. Yep. Shout out. Um, introduced me to all of you boys. Um, probably at Fort Park, I imagine, we yeah, first met. The best place. But we've been all over the place since then. So when did you first consider yourself a theme park enthusiast? So yeah, that that is kind of like I've almost already touched upon that. But when I was in Florida, I still wouldn't have, back in 2016, I still wouldn't have considered myself an enthusiast just because I wasn't, I mean, I liked the rides, but I wasn't as kind of hooked on them and obsessed them as I am today. Um, so I'd probably say it was almost after Florida, once I started going to university so I moved up the country and I was a bit closer to all the other theme parks is when I officially started becoming an enthusiast um just almost stumbled upon it on Twitter one day and thought that's a collection of of like-minded people like myself I had no idea um but I think having that geographical movement to being closer to the parks and having greater access to them um is kind of what almost led me to it because it was virtually impossible to be well it's, it's not impossible because people do do it, but from being that far away from the parks, it's is hard. And how is that how you met kind of Jack, Nem, Lee, Thieves? Was that kind of through um, Kieran? I'll make sure I get everyone's <laughs> name in there, Kieran as well. Um, is that, did you meet through online or? Yeah, so that that whole meeting is, is crazy in itself. Um, it was kind of only enabled because of COVID. So over the COVID period, um, Kieran started up a Twitch channel um, and I kind of offered to, to help him set up a few things just because I've been around on on Twitch and YouTube for a while. Um, and from there, we started playing Call of Duty, started playing different all, all sorts of different games among us. Um, and it was only because of that that I spent so much time playing with them over when you couldn't leave your house and you had to kind of sit and play games all day. Um, and yeah, after COVID, we started meeting up more and more. And now we go Florida every year. So, so yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Oh, so we go back to the island again now. Yeah. We need one more ride for the island. Some people call it a ride zero, but what, what's the ride that means the most to you? It's a very difficult question, this one. Because I don't really even, on my top 10, I don't have a ride zero or something that I keep up the very top. Um, I think it's going to have to be the ride, the biggest ride that I went on um, kind of from a young age that almost did like scare me from the beginning. Um, it's got to be stealth. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's insanely tall, insanely fast. I remember looking at it and thinking like how, how to say move like that and be safe to go on. Um, obviously I had my, my brother with me when I first went on it, but I was still sitting on that, launch straight as i do today thinking this is this is this is going to be scary 
And I guess Thorpe's probably your most visited park. I think at this point, Thorpe is my most visited park by a country mile. And yeah, it's a well, it's a unique ride for the UK, isn't it? We don't have anything else like it, as far as I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. Don't think we have anything else. No. It could do with being a bit longer, I would think, but it is perfect to what it does. Yeah, and there's something almost nice about it being as short as it is. It's a, it's a short and snappy ride. You, you go on it, you get the thrill of being launched up the top pat and you, you go on the airtime here and then you're off. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. And I hope with how the current climate is with, uh, uh these, these hydraulic launch coasters that it sticks around for a fair while. Cause I don't, I don't know what, if it'd get the top thrill two treatment and we're gonna have a massive 200 foot spike in Amity. I you just don't know. And I'll, I'll say something controversial, but. I think Stealth is a better ride than King Dakar. See that I've never done King Dakar, but that is that is it's nice to hear that we have such a good ride at Thorpe Park to to rival the tallest current tallest coaster in the world. Yeah, it just it just felt like it's going to sound really um, really bad, but I just King Dakar. There was nothing special about it. It was a launch that didn't feel any stronger than Stealth. Yeah, I don't, it probably is. I don't know the technicals it was really tall but then you're straight back down it's exactly the same as stealth but stealth feels more forceful and i don't know if that's because i've done it loads more times and we did king the car once but still there's something about stealth which has that power and that that the element that does still make you like it makes me scared for every single launch um to this time it been on it hundreds maybe not hundreds but how many times i've been on it now is it's still a really really intense ride so that's going to be quite an intense island with uh, Guazi yeah, and there's, Stealth. There's, so you, you're going to go on Guazi in the morning. You're going to go on Stealth to wake you up. And then you're going to spend the rest of your day in the scoop riding Spider-Man. I can't think of a better day. Okay, so now last chance to pick a card. I will warn you, it can get quite deep. All right, let's, let's be careful with this one. Who has had the biggest impact on your life and why? This, doesn't have to be theme park related yeah this this i don't think it will be theme park related um but I've, I've got to give it and this is again like all my answers have been this is going to sound sound weird from the start but it starts to make it starts to make sense um it's probably my year 10 maths teacher um and the reasoning behind that was kind of growing up going through secondary school i didn't really have a plan on what i wanted to do in the future um, kind of at that point, all my, uh, brain power was going towards Modern Warfare 2, going home and, uh, getting all, all the camos, getting all the prestigious, uh, back in, back in those days. Um, but it wasn't until I kind of got into year 10, I had to start thinking about, um, kind of e- exams and what I want to do with my life at that point. Um, and it's where I kind of found a motivation and a, a want to do a subject that I had never had before for, for anything. So if I English or, or science, um, and from that, it led me on to doing my A-levels surrounding maths. It led to me doing my master's degree in maths. It's eventually led me to doing what I'm doing today. Um, just cause maths is so broad, it can kind of attach itself to lots of different things. So it attaches itself to, um, kind of like coding and 3d, uh, design. So yeah, I, th- I think without that 
push and without that motivation that was given to me, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. Um, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So yeah, it's got to be year 10 maths teacher. Okay. I've got a, a lot of respect for a maths masters because I, my math stopped at A-level. Um, I did A-level maths. It was, I still think, the hardest thing I've it's, done. It's scary. Um, my, there was a, a point in sixth form where I just thought nothing else can go into my brain now. I'm stuck. That's I'll stick with my grade C maths A-level. I can't get it any higher. That'll do me. I never want to do it again. So to take that to uni and then do a master's, a lot of respect there because it is a, a tough subject. Math is one of those things that I think if you don't get the right teacher who can explain stuff to you and who can kind of make you want to learn it, then there's almost no chance that you'll want to, to then learn the subject or want to put any effort into it. Um, but yeah, I still don't really know how I did four years of it, but here we are. I'm on the other end of it now um, and I'm smiling, so must have been all good. Okay, so... We're now going to enter the finale. Nice. The finale. Every island needs a finale. Of course. What nighttime show or spectacular would be the perfect end to your day? And it's every day. This is the hardest question ever. It really is. Um, Because there's so many good nighttime spectaculars that I've seen. Um, I've I've, I've made a decision, but there's going to have to be an honorable mention afterwards. Um, do you want to do the honourable mention first? Honourable mention has to go to Nightmare. I, I knew it was. I know be. it's. I know it's been said many a time already, but that show is it's life changing. I'll, I'll put it as clean cut as it is. It is a masterpiece of dance choreography, of music, um, of energy, of pyro, uh, of uh, a small amount of clothes at the same time. Um, it's 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 so good and storytelling as well um something that i think a lot of a lot of the boys were really surprised by is how it it kind of carried on from 2022's show so, so for this year's show 2023 the storyline carried on from last year's show and that genuinely blew my mind because i've, I've never had a show do that before um like to, to tell a story in that way see that, that's the honorable mention I think we're going to have to get the podcast sponsored by Nightmare Fuel. At this cause... point, get us t-shirts. <laughs> um, but that's, for the actual nighttime spectacular that I'm going to have, um, it's going to have to be Wondrous Journeys, the nighttime spectacular at Disneyland California. See, I don't know that one at all. So this one we saw um, on the California trip this year. Um, I was actually the only one that, that saw it. The rest of the boys went and got Ronto wraps at Galaxy's Edge, which fair play. Um, but I was, I was there standing, standing in Main Street um, with the view of the smallest Disney castle. Um, but the, the magic of that show was the fact that they display all of the projections onto the castle, onto the sides of Main Street. So there's genuinely no bad place to watch that show. Um, it includes all of the 60 Disney animated films. Um, Treasure Planet's in there. That has to be one of the reasons why I love it so much. Um, but it's 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 amazing. It has fireworks, it has Baymax flying over the castle, which was, I, I'd seen it on videos before, but to see it in real life is just, it's something else. Um, and yeah, I'd, 
happily, without a doubt, um, I'd love to see Treasure Planet and Baymax fly over every single night. So, yeah. And is it partly down to the music you used? I guess, like most people, you probably saw a lot of Disney as a kid. The music kind of sticks with you. Yeah. They use all the different soundtracks in the show. Um, and it's it, it kind of brings back that first sense of watching some of the Disney films. Um, kind of the, the nostalgic tracks from uh, films like Tarzan um kind of phil collins is is classics uh some aladdin songs yeah it's 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 insane cool that is a good end to the day so let's recap the island a little bit yeah so we've got iron guazi love that so very intense yep we've got adventures of spider-man incredible Probably the best dark ride in the world. 100%. Maybe, maybe tie it with Rise, but... Uh, maybe tie it with Transformers. Okay. We have... Stealth. Yeah. So, again, pretty intense. Um, quite a short ride. I don't know what Anguazi's like for length. Is that quite a long? Uh, it's decent ride time, around the two-minute mark. So, so Spider-Man's yeah. going to be your long ride for yeah, Spider-Man. getting out of the sun. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to end the day with Wondrous Journeys. Yeah. So again, you, you've cheated a bit here, like everyone else. Picked a Disney show, which means your island has a castle. Yeah, my island is having the Disney and a, castle. And yours has to have a main street as well. And it also needs to have Baymax as well. Right, okay. So you've got a full main street. You've got shops, restaurants. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm chilling on the island. I'm, I'm going down. I'm getting a, a corn dog every single day. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. It's all good. Have you got anything you need to plug? And where can listeners find you online? Um, so my Twitter handle is, is Isaac Walter with the vowels removed in Walter. That's uh, so W L T R. Um, my Instagram is Isaac Walter eight, eight, five, five, because my handle was taken and I make 3d videos on YouTube. Well, thank you again for speaking with us and goodbye. See ya. That was Desert Island Parks. Thank you for listening and a massive thank you to our guest. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on all social media at The Dip Podcast.